This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to Truth in the Streets. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman, and I'm so glad that you're choosing to join us today. We come together every Sunday as a body of believers all over the world to renew our minds, to return to God's path, to realign our hearts with his word, and to refocus our attention to make sure that we are following the one true King, which is Jesus Christ. We're going to be talking about the slippery slope of sin today. And while that is not everybody's favorite topic, nobody really wants to talk about sin. Nobody really wants to look introspectively into their heart to see what's going on, to make sure that we're not sinning. And if we are sinning, to have the Lord point that out to us. But it's never been a more important time than now to reevaluate our hearts, to make sure that we are following Jesus, to make sure that we are living our lives, representing who he is, loving others, forgiving others, and not sinning. So we're going to take that time today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at what God's word says. I'm going to share some personal insight. And I just pray that during this uh, next time, that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and show you anything that does not align with his word so that we can truly, which is why we are here, become more like Jesus. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that your mercies are new each morning. And I thank you that You have given us grace. You have given us forgiveness. You have given us your son. And Lord, the word tells us that we need to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so today, Lord, I ask that you open up our hearts and our ears. I pray that you will help us look into our lives to see if there is anything that is not representation of you. That if there's any areas in our life, Lord, where we're struggling, where we're sinning, where we're acting in the flesh, that you will show us that today, Lord, and that you will realign our steps so that we can clearly and faithfully follow you. I pray for those that are hurting. I pray for those that are struggling right now. I pray for those that are lost and are enchained in the bondages of sin. And I pray today, Lord, you will do a new thing that you will work and move supernaturally as only you can. We're just excited for everything that you are going to do, Lord, and we give this time to you, and we ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus who saves. Amen. So, sin. (laughs) This is in everyone's favorite topic. So I thought I would start first. I thought I would uh, share a story, something that really happened to me, and and hopefully that will set the stage for what we're going to be talking about 
today. So for 12 years, I worked in the corporate world. I was an administrative assistant and assistant to the president of a company. I sat up front near the door. I greeted everyone as they walked in. I took care of the president's schedule. I helped manage the office. And I had this desk where I had like all my papers. I had my computer. I had this cup of pens. And this was my go-to. Anything I needed in this cup, pencils, pens, markers, whatever, this was in my cup and it was on my desk. And one day I was working at my desk and I was writing up some forms and I, I grabbed a pen and I went to write it and I looked down and I had black on my fingers, just, just a few specks. And I'm like, oh, maybe that pen is, you know, running out or whatnot. So I put it down and I went and grabbed another pen. And as I pulled that one out, I got more ink on my hands. And then I grabbed a pencil and then I grabbed a marker and everything that I touched, every pen, marker, pencil that came out of that cup left black stains on my hands. Before I knew it, I had it on my hands and then it was on the paper that I was working on and it was on my desk. And so I had to figure out what was going on. So I took out all of the pencils, all of the pens, all of the markers, and I looked into my cup and one pen, one pen had leaked and there was black ink in the bottom of the cup and it had touched every single pen and pencil and marker in that cup. And it was in that moment, it was almost like the Lord was speaking to me, not in an audible voice, but just coming up in my spirit. This is what it looks like when a little sin enters your life. This is what it looks like. It gets onto everything. It touches everything that is in you. It stains your hands. It stains your property. It stains the paper. It stains your heart. This was a really valuable lesson for me, understanding that this is what sin looks like. And this is why we're talking about it today, is we can follow God's word. We can read his word and read the stories. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit. We can learn about the Holy Spirit. We can learn about the Trinity. We can learn about Jesus. But if we're not applying his truth to our lives, if we are not walking out our faith every single day, if we're just hearers of the word, but not doers of the word, there are consequences for that. Our sin is going to stain our lives. Our sin is going to keep us back from stepping into everything that the Lord has for us. Our sin is going to keep us distant from God and all the things that the Lord wants to do in our lives. So it's important as believers, as people that say we are Christians, we are believers, we're followers of Jesus Christ, that we evaluate our lives, that we look closely and make sure that nothing 
is staining us. That something that we've done, maybe not even trying, maybe inadvertently, hasn't broken itself into our lives and is now staining everything we touch and stopping us from having that full relationship with God. So that's why I want us to look at that today. I want us to know that when we allow a little sin in, it affects every aspect of our life and our journey. Sin is a slippery slope. And when we don't keep our actions in check, when we don't look closely at our lives and make sure everything we are doing is aligning with God's word, before we know it, we can get off track. Before we know it, we can slip off the path and the damage is done. And just like the ink on my hands, our sin can stain everything. But looking back at that day in the office, I'm grateful for that relationship with Jesus. I'm grateful that he died on the cross for our sins. I'm grateful that he doesn't throw us away when we've made mistakes like I had to do with all of the things in the cup. Everything was stained. I had to wash out the cup and get rid of everything that had stained on it and wash my hands and get rid of the paper. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus renews us and restores us and makes us brand new. So I want us to look at our lives today. I want us to do some self-reflection, maybe inventory of, of what we're doing today and make sure that we don't have any leaky pens and make sure that we stay alert and mindful of the decisions that we make. And today there are so many decisions that we could make every turn. Are we going to do what God asks us to do? Are we going to follow him? Are we going to obey his word? Or are we going to lose sight of the path and look to the world? So nobody likes to talk about sin. Nobody wants to admit if they've had issues, if they've struggled, if they've gone off the path. So I'll go today. I'll share uh, my own personal, one of my own personal stories. And we can examine my life for a moment. And maybe there will be something in there that will resonate with you. So back in my very first marriage, and we're talking, let's see, I've been married to my husband now for, it'll be 13 years next month, and we were engaged and dated, so that's 15 years, and then I had gone through the divorce, so we're talking 20, 25, 30 years ago in my first marriage that my husband and I, my first husband and I were married, and we had been married for a few years, and we were looking at spicing up our marriage. We were looking at spicing up our intimacy. You know, nowadays, 
that's so important um, you know to spice things up we're, we're looking for that in our lives right to make things more interesting more exciting so we thought maybe we would introduce a video or a magazine into our marriage life we wanted uh, something different something that seemed new and I think that's the struggle today, right? We're, we're always looking for the next thing. We're looking for more adventure. We're looking to spice up something. We're looking at uh, a, a new flavor, a new twist. We're, we're looking at what else is out there. Taking things to the next level. And that actually takes us right back to Genesis when sin first entered the world and the devil said to Eve, did God really say, hmm, did God, did, did God really say you shouldn't eat from that tree? When I think about the rules or the guidelines, the boundaries that God sets for us, created for us when it comes to living in this world, he did that to protect us. I think sometimes when we look at the, the rules, we think, oh, he's such a mean God. He doesn't really want me to have all the fun, right? And a lot of times I've heard that people don't want to follow Jesus. They don't want to uh, become a Christian. They don't want to live that kind of life because they say there's too many rules. I can't do what I want. I can't go where I want. I can't be what I want. I can't sleep with whoever I want. I can't really do what I want. So I don't think that I'm going to become a Christian. I definitely don't think I'm going to follow Jesus because there are so many rules. But what we don't understand is the boundaries that God sets for us. These rules that we're talking about are to protect us. Because from God's vision, from his perspective, he can see both sides of the coin. He can see what happens when we introduce this new thing into our life. When we take it to the next level, when we try and add a little bit of excitement to our lives, he knows what that will do to us. He can see that making that choice would change us in some way. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, whether it's pornography or drinking or drugs or adultery, lying, whatever you're doing to take things to the next level, whatever you're doing to experience something new and exciting in the flesh, Whatever you're looking for that doesn't align with God's word, these boundaries that he sets for us, the break happens. The slippery slope of sin is there. A door opens and sometimes that door is hard to shut. What we thought would spice up our intimacy and our marriage actually broke it. It actually damaged it. 
and it took this beautiful thing designed by God, right? This becoming one as a husband and wife do. This beautiful thing that two people can experience. It made it dirty. It made people objects. It tainted the relationship. Was the devil there? Absolutely. And he proposed the same question to us as he did to Eve. Did God really say you shouldn't look at that magazine? Did God really say you shouldn't watch that video together? Did God really say you shouldn't do this? I mean, come on, you're married. Come on, you're privacy of your own home. Come on, what's the matter? Why can't you? Did you really got did God really know what he was doing when he said that? I don't think so. Maybe you are hearing the same questions today from the enemy. Did God really say you shouldn't be drinking? Did God really say you shouldn't smoke that? That's not hurting anyone. What does it matter what you do with your own money in your own home? Did he really say that you shouldn't look at other men or women? You're not hurting anything. You're not actually sleeping with them. They, you're just looking at them. You're just admiring them from afar. Did God really say you shouldn't have revenge on that person? Look what they did to you. Look how they cut you off in traffic. Look how they embarrassed you at work. Look what they said about you on Facebook. Look what they did to your child. Look what they did to your family. The question proposed by the devil is to make us question God. To question his authority. To question his goodness. To question whether or not he knows what's best for us. To question why in the world did he give us those boundaries and guidelines and rules in the first place. And to keep questioning him until we decide in our flesh whether or not we are going to listen to God. Whether he knows better for us or whether we know better for ourselves. And here's the thing. When you look back at the Old Testament, you're going to see and read about and almost experience the same struggle that we experience today, you're going to see that in the Israelites. You're going to see this constant struggle with God. This continuous cycle in the Old Testament where the people thought they knew what was best for themselves. So they pulled away from God. They said, no, God, we're sorry, but we can do this from here on out. Thank you for saving us. You know, thank you for bringing us out of Egypt. That was really nice of you. But you know what? We got it from here. So we're going to just keep going this way. Actually, 
Moses has been gone a really long time. And so we're not going to wait for him to bring down this, you know, 10 commandment thing. I think we're just going to create this golden calf over here and we're going to worship the calf because, you know, it's kind of late and it's busy and, you know, this is what we're going to do. Do you not see what we're doing today? It's the exact same thing that the Israelites did. And so the cycle continues. And what they did was they kept pulling away from God until they were attacked by their enemies. And then they cried out to God and then God would come back and God would save them. And this is what we're doing today. And the enemy doesn't care who you are. The enemy is just consistent. He's consistent at coming at everyone and asking them that same question. Did God really say? And if you don't believe me, well, you can even look in the New Testament before Jesus started his ministry. And guess who the devil came to? That's right. The devil came to Jesus himself. And when we look at Luke 4, we see how the devil came to him. And the first thing he says to him was, If you are the Son of God, then I want you to turn these stones into bread. Come on, you're in the desert. Aren't you hungry? If you really are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread and eat. Why would... God want you to be hungry. Did you hear the question? He asked him, are you really the son of God? If you are, why don't you prove it to me? Because I don't believe you. And this is what he does to us today. So here's the thing. Do you think Jesus understands the struggles that you're going through? Do you think Jesus understands the temptations that come to us every single day and the battle that we face and the constant attack from the enemy tempting us to do things in the flesh? Do you believe that Jesus knows what struggles you're going through right now? Yes, he does. This is proof right here that he understands temptation. Here he is, the son of God, being tempted by the devil. And I think if it were me, I would be like, boom, those are bread. I am the son of God. Because he was the son of God. And yet he doesn't. Jesus says back to the devil, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by the very words of God. Jesus knows. Jesus knows and he understands. And this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to demolish the works of the enemy. And Jesus came to save us from sin. 
When you read the New Testament, you're going to see story after story of Jesus casting out demons, healing anyone and everyone who was brought to him, and speaking truth. He explains God's heart. He basically shows people God's heart, including the rules and the boundaries that God gave the Israelites that day on Mount Sinai. You got to remember the people of this time are looking back. They're focusing on the Torah. They're, they're reading those first five books of the Bible. They're understanding God's law. They are living that out to the letter of the law. And that's what they believed. They believe if we follow every single rule, every single guideline, then that's what's going to get us into heaven. We got to follow every rule, every period, every comma, every exclamation point. That's what we do. But what Jesus was trying to do when he came to them, he was trying to explain to them that it's not just about rules. It's about relationships. It's not just about following every single letter of the law. It's about your heart. Matthew 5, 21, 22, Jesus comes to them with this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. He wanted them to understand that it wasn't just about doing the rules and following what God was saying and marching in line and doing everything that they were told. It was about knowing God's heart and why he was doing what he was doing, understanding how much God loved us and that it isn't just about the rule as much as it is the shape of our heart and why we are doing it and the effects of when we don't. Jesus came to demolish the works of the enemy and free us from the captivity of sin, all sin. And as he pointed out here in Matthew, not just actually murdering someone, but the thoughts that are behind that, the evil thoughts, the angry, the unforgiveness. And it's not just about sleeping with someone else or having an adulterous affair, but it's also about thinking about doing it, about visualizing and going down that, that rabbit trail. God wants our hearts and our minds to be aligned with God's word. And this, what Jesus does to demolish the works of the enemy and to, to free us from all sin, sin that grows in those dark places that needs no sunlight, that grows as this small seed of deception until it covers everything and takes control of us till it stains our skin and everything that we are touching. Sin, sin that slaves us and makes us captives, hostage to addiction and deception and pornography and self-gratification and hatred and lust and so on. Jesus came to save us from that. It's not just enough to say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, but it's also to live out that freedom from sin every single day. 
understanding why he went to the cross so that we could live in that freedom. And I think that's the issue today. So many of us claim to be Jesus followers. So many of us claim to know Jesus, but are we walking that out? Sin is a slippery slope. We need to shine God's light in all areas of us, our lives to make sure that we are not bound in chains, that we are actually free. You see, it's not just about keeping the law. It's not just about following the rules. It's about having clean hands and a pure heart. It's about living out the intentions that God has for us. It's about us loving others and forgiving others as Jesus loves us and forgives us. It's about stepping into full freedom and everything that God has for us. So why are we talking about this today? Because we need to be able to stand back and examine our hearts. We need to be able to take an inventory and look down and check our hands to make sure they're not stained. If we're going to follow Jesus, it's not just about rules, it's about a relationship. We need to be able to see into our hearts and see if any sin has creeped in. Sin that we are just living with because we've grown used to it. Maybe living with the sin because we're not ready to give that up. And we say to God, you just can't go in that room. You can have my heart, but stay out of this room over here. That's my space. I have the door locked and you can't come in. That's where I do what I want to do. So you can go over here, God. But this one's mine. And that's not how it works, my friends. If you are going to offer up yourself to God, he wants your whole heart. He wants everything. And he's big enough to take that room that you've got closed off to him. He's big enough to handle whatever is behind those doors. But he doesn't want you to be a bondage to sin. He doesn't want you to believe what the enemy is telling you that it's okay. It's okay to do that because it's not. We need to make sure that we can look at our lives and see if there's any sin from stopping us and entering into that full relationship with God and into everything that he has for us. And make sure that we are not allowing the enemy to keep us as slaves. I own a 2004 Jeep Liberty. It's almost 20 years old, but I try to take good care of it. My husband does the oil changes. I try to keep it washed and vacuumed out. And I don't drive a lot, um, just working from home. 
So it's got about 135,000 miles on it. I'm hoping I can drive it till about 200,000. We'll see. But my daughter was with me um, probably a little over a week ago and I needed to get a car, a car wash. It was really dirty. It had rained here and I was out driving in it. And so I said, honey, I want to go through the car wash real quick before we go to our appointment. And we, we got in the line and we pull in and we, we go through all of a sudden, you know, the water starts coming out and she starts to scream, which scared me. And she goes, mom, the water's coming in. And I don't know what the heck's going on because I thought I have all the windows up. And I look back and here's water from the car wash shooting into my back seat. So I'm trying to do the automatic window to bring it up and it's not working. And so we continue to drive through the car wash and more water is pouring in and she's screaming and I'm screaming and then we're laughing and I, it's just, you just got to ride it out at this point. So we pull out the back seat is all soaked. I park and my window is broken. It fell off, it fell down like this far. And so I could take it from the outside and push it up, but it wouldn't stay. So basically uh, it has an, a motor inside and it came off that and, and it was broken. We had to get it fixed. But I didn't know that my window was down. It actually surprised me that my window was down and it made an incredible mess in my car. I tell you this story because sometimes in our lives, we don't know where there's an open window or door. We don't know where the enemy is coming in to surprise us and make a mess. And I've been there, right? Oh, it's just a, it's just a little lie. <laughs> it's, it's not going to hurt anybody. Oh, it's, it's just, a, it's just a, a program. I know there's some really bad words in it and there's, you know, a sex scene, but it's okay. I can watch it. I can handle it. It'll be fine. I don't really want to go to church today. I think I'm just going to stay home because I have some things that I want to do. So it'll be just, it'll be fine. Just one Sunday. And before we know it, we have an open window or door in our lives where our flesh is starting to choose for us what it wants. And we think, well, I watched it that one time. It really shouldn't hurt if I watch it again. Well, I didn't, I went to church once this month. I mean, that should really be enough, right? We start making excuses. And before we know it, the enemy is at the door and he's coming in and he's starting to tell you it's okay. It's really okay for you to make the kind of decisions that you want. Watch that movie. You don't have to go to church, right? I mean, you have a relationship with God. You don't need to renew your mind. Come on, read your Bible at home. You can watch that. It's, it's not going to affect you. You can eat that. You can drink that. You can look there. And before you know it, our flesh is now making the decisions and calling the shots. And... The flesh will want what it wants. And I've noticed in my own life that it's hard to keep it fed. 
Your flesh will get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier for things. And those hunger pains are going to drown out any small voice that whispers to you, Amy, that's not good for you. Amy, you don't need that. Amy, that's going to break your heart. Amy, that's going to cause an issue over here. Amy, that isn't good for you. So I tell you that story because this is why we're talking about this today. We need to be able to see if there's any open doors, any open windows in our lives where sin is coming in and affecting our relationship with God. Why is it important to stay aware and make sure that we are constantly realigning with God's word? Because the Bible tells us this. And as I said earlier, we can't just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word. We can't just claim to be Christians. We have to walk it out each day. And we have to be realistic with our human bodies and with our flesh and with the brokenness that is in this world. Sin is a slippery slope. Romans 8, 7 tells us this, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Romans 8, 7 tells us that. Romans 1, 18 through 22 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they know God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They become fools. Do you understand what this is saying? God has made his heart known to us. God has sent Jesus, his son, to this earth so that we could see who God truly is. They've laid out the truth for us. They've shown us what is right and what is wrong. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could have everlasting life and forgiveness of sins and that He, Jesus made a way so that we could approach the throne of God and, and have that relationship with him. And yet, with all of this information, with all of this truth, with all of these things that God has done, we still have trouble perceiving it when we look at it with our minds, when we try and rationalize things out, and when we experience everything in the flesh. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. We need to walk this out. 
We need to fear God and keep his commandments. Yes, God is a righteous God who loves us and sent his son to forgive our sins. But there is also a wrathful God who is not going to tolerate our sin, who is not going to tolerate our lawlessness, who is not going to tolerate what he sees in this world today, human suffering and tragedy and children being murdered and such heinous sex acts, sex trafficking, slavery, all of these things, hatred, war, killing, all of these things, he is not going to tolerate it. We have to make sure that we are living our lives with what he has set for us, aligning our lives with his word. The wise thing for us to do as we follow Jesus every day is make sure that we are constantly readjusting our focus, realigning our hearts, returning to his path, making sure that we are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, not just thinking that God is up here and he's just this awesome God who's never going to do anything with everything that he's seeing today in the world. There will be his righteous judgment. Don't think that you are not susceptible to sin. Don't think that you are not susceptible to God's wrath. Sin is a slippery slope. And when we glance away from God, our feet will follow. If we're not careful, sin can leak into our lives, just like the leaking pen. And when it does that, it's going to affect everything. It's going to affect our health, our families, our marriages, our jobs, our community, our relationship with God. We need to stay vigilant. We need to stay awake and be on guard against the devil's schemes. We are living in such trying times. And every time you turn on that radio or that television, someone is being murdered. People are dying. People are starving. People are suffering from the effects of this broken world through storms and earthquakes. There's never been a more important time than now to make sure that you are realigned and living out what God has for you. We need to stand firm and finish strong. Sin. We all sin every single day. Let us make sure that we are living in that relationship with God that we are asking him to forgive us, that we're not just asking for his forgiveness, but we're also changing course and doing it differently next time and walking out our faith every single day. We need to stay vigilant and firm until the end.
Are you with me? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you for all the chances that you give us. I'm so grateful for every new opportunity you've given me. But there comes a point, Lord, where you want us to just stop sinning that same way over and over and over again. You want us to learn from our mistakes. You want us to do better. You want us to be more like you. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your grace. Help us, Lord, to realign our hearts, to readjust our focus, to stop doing the same things over and over again, listening to the lies of the enemy and the questions Did God really say, help us to follow you, help us to be faithful to your word, help us to walk that out every single day. Lord, you know what each person is facing, wherever they're watching from today or listening from, you know what they're going through. And I just ask that you will give them your peace and your strength and help them to get back on track. Help them to follow you. Help them to know that you have great plans for their lives. Let them remember how much you love them, Lord. And you want them to have this beautiful life filled with your promises and truth. We love you and praise you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to leave you today with one final song as we close. It's about God's grace. My friends, this is why Jesus came so that we could have um, this kind of relationship with God so that we could know how much he loves us. And what Jesus did for us on the cross washes away every sin, no matter how bad the sin, no matter what you've experienced. And, and what Jesus did can release us from that bondage, from those chains, chains of addiction, of deception, of self-gratification, of all the ways that you've walked away from God. Receive that grace today so that you can live in that freedom, so that you can say, yes, my chains have been broken and I am free, free in Christ Walk in that freedom with your feet firmly planted on God's word. Stay away from the slippery slopes of sin. Know that he is coming soon. Know that we are living out this life today because we are promised a tomorrow. And that's the world and the life that we need to be living for, the life that we need to be thinking about, our everlasting life with Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being here. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed.
Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.